You know, Bourbon, I've been thinking about you a lot lately, and well, that's why I wrote you this song. I love you, Bourbon. I want you to walk with me. I'll take good care of you, baby. Call you baby, baby. Oh my God, I just did that. <laughs> Bravo. Like the most memorable memorable episode of South Park in my life. Welcome to Boozy Bracketology, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Chris, and I am going to be your host as we go through the second part of the bracket. And I am joined tonight by a cavalcade, again, of panelists. Starting out right here in Tampa, Florida. Jason, my friend, how you doing? What are you drinking? How's it going? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. I am drinking coffee. It is late here. I am tired, but we are going to get through this together. Well, you will survive, my friend. Coffee is not a bad choice at 11 or 10.15 at night. Next up, the pride of Fort Worth, Texas. Steven, same to you, sir. Thank you so much, Chris. Cracking open a delicious Mountain Dew Zero. But I gotta object. You're saying Faith Plus One is the most memorable South Park episode when Free Wilsniak is out there? That's just a crumb. <laughs> so I have not watched South Park in a long, long time. So forgive me for that. Next up, we're heading on out to North Tampa. Joel Trumbach. Same to you, sir. How's it going, guys? I'm doing well. Uh, after polishing off a screwball, I realized I need to work tomorrow. So I've got an ice cold Diet Coke in my hands right now to bring me back down as we wrap up this wonderful evening. Well, it has been a wonderful evening. That is for damn sure. Next up, Raleigh, North Carolina. Jeff, same to you. I'm doing fine, and I am... Uh... Realized I have to get up at 6.15 tomorrow morning to see my kid off to school and uh, realized that, eh, I don't care. I'm just going to drink some Old Forester 1910. 1920 is better, but good choice, sir. Good choice. That is a hill that you are way too willing to die on here. I, I am 100% willing to die on that hill. I love Old Forester 1920. is phenomenal. All right. I skip Mike. I wasn't sure if you were skipping, if you were changing the order that you told us or what. But. No, you're still going fourth. But Mike, how you doing? What are you drinking? Oh, no worries, man. Uh, like uh, Jeff and Joel before me, I also realized that uh, I have to work tomorrow. So uh, I decided to bust out the, the good stuff. 9% alcohol by volume here. I know PBR has got that high in alcohol by volume. <laughs> Even though it is Wednesday night when we are recording, uh, this is from the Monday Night Brewing Company. I've had them many times before on here or the Pub Trivia Experience. They're out of Atlanta, Georgia. This is their Wolf Snacks Double IPA. Well, that sounds delicious. Are you coming around to IPAs? This is this is really good. They do a lot of really good uh, double IPAs. I will. Uh, I am. I am slowly coming around in IPAs. I don't think I'll ever be a, a connoisseur quite like you, but I don't hate it. Like if it's on the, I'm not going to shy away from them like I have before. I will try them if they're there. But we are moving on into the second quadrant of our round of 64. We're starting off with Jason. Jason, you're choosing between the number one seed in this uh, quadrant, the Blues Brothers, or the 16 seed from the movie Singles. 
Citizen Dick. All right. Well, so here I messed up. So it says Bolu's brothers on the uh, bracket. So I, I looked up with some obscure porno I was watching. Was I not supposed to watch that? Oh, no, you were. That was. This is actually this is subliminal <laughs> advertising for them. <laughs> All right. Whose cousin's in the, the biz? I want to know. It's both my sister and my cousin. I will have you know. Oh, it's, uh, yeah. Thank you for being honest. All right, this is no contest, guys. Come on, this is this is the number one seed for a reason. We got the Blues Brothers. Now, the the last episode I was talking about the Partridge Family. I said it was a little outdated. I didn't quite get it. Blues Brothers is kind of pushing that, but we still got. I, I don't know if I would call it a cover band, but you got cover bands still touring for the Blues Brothers, right? Like this is this is some big stuff we're going on. This is a heavy hitter. No one I know has ever talked about Citizen Dick. Music was pretty cool, but it's Blues Brothers and not the porno. Don't don't confuse the two. I'm going for Blues Brothers. Blues Brothers has its first vote. Steven. You're going to have to give me a second. I'm now Googling some things. <laughs> um, Yeah, okay, I'm just going to save this tab for later. Blues Brothers. Okay, I can spend time on that joke because this is an easy pick. It's going to be Blues Brothers all the way. It's an amazing band uh, because it's got a great sound. It's a great genre of music that they're covering. So who doesn't want to hear those awesome horns from Juliet Jake and Elwood Blues? Blues Brothers all the way. Not to mention Macatar Murphy. Donald Duck. I'm, I'm going to keep stalling here because Chris has moved away from the mic for no apparent reason. Donald Duck Donaldson. I can I'm do the whole thing. I'm literally sitting right here. I stood up for three seconds and you decided to start naming Blues Brothers. <laughs> gentle, gentle, listeners, ladies and gentlemen, you, you have to decide whether who's telling the truth here. And uh, as you make that decision, just listen to my dulcet tones and remember there was a very long pause while we waited for Chris. Okay, Stephen. Okay, I see how this is gonna be. It's gonna be a fun weekend in uh in Dallas here next month. <laughs> Blues Brothers has a two to nothing lead. Next pick goes to Joel. There is absolutely nothing original about Citizen Dick. Their their hit song "Touch Me I'm Dick" is a straight up copy of the Mud Honeys "Touch Me I'm Sick." Uh, and the only credibility it has is that it was redone 20 years later by the members of Pearl Jam uh, to validate it any that it could. But redone? Yeah, it, it, or, we'll, we'll I, get I guess there. it was. Uh, it was finally recorded and released. Um, but the Blues Brothers is again, like everybody said, a no-brainer. It's a great band. You got Matt Guitar Murphy. You got Steve Jordan on drums. You got Blue Lou Marini from Blood, Sweat, and Tears on sax and SNL days. I mean, that's a movie that I could watch over and over again. And, I mean, come on. They're on a mission from God. You can't go against that. Blues Brothers. Blues Brothers has its third vote. Let's see if we can get it to a sweep. Mike. So... I don't, yeah, you know, uh, as was kind of interjected, you can't really say redone when you're talking about Citizen Dick being redone by members of Pearl Jam because Citizen Dick w consisted of members of then Mookie Blaylock that were very soon to rechristen themselves as Pearl Jam and conquer the world. Uh, singles is, as a movie, is a incredible snapshot of the Seattle scene 
almost literally right before it broke big. It's it's amazing as a movie. Citizen Dick as a band, eh, yeah, not so much. This is clearly Blues Brothers. We'll talk much more about them later. And let's see if we have a sweep. Jeff. Yeah, I do feel that Pearl Jam, I mean Citizen Dick, is a little bit underseated here because, yeah, it's, like I said, it's basically Pearl Jam. Uh, that said, they're the fucking Blues Brothers, man. They're the Blues Brothers. They hate Illinois Nazis as much as I do. <laughs> <laughs> They're, they exude a level of cool that no one else can, and they're backed by just some of the most incredible musicians in the blues, which, in my opinion, makes them some of the most incredible musicians ever. So, yeah, come on, let's not overthink this. And we're not. The Blues Brothers has a 5 nothing sweep, moving it into the round of 32. We're moving along. Steven, you're picking first here. These are both from the uh, cartoon television show South Park. Are we going with the South Park band Finger Bang or the band Faith Plus One? Yeah, I actually don't think this was tough because one of these bands... I could at least listen to and have a great time listening to. And the other one, it sounds too much like the thing it's parodying. And that one is finger bang finger bang. Other than the fact that they're saying the words finger bang literally sounds like a boy band. There's like not enough there. At least when I'm listening to faith plus one, it's pretty clear what the joke is and I can laugh along with it. And maybe that's just because Christian rock is inherently the worst kind of rock because it's kind of the opposite of what rock is supposed to be. But yeah, Faith Plus One gets my vote all the way. I'd much rather listen to that. Faith Plus One has its first vote. The next vote goes to Joel. As a musician who has worked in the church for a long time, um, uh, I can absolutely attest to everything that Faith Plus One stands for in that genre. Um, I mean, come on. They they went myrrh. You can't get any higher than that in the Christian world. So, uh, yeah, uh, even though uh, Finger Bang may have been the, the larger arena selling out band, uh, I've got to go with the funnier story and the one that I remember more. Uh, you know, decades later, as a matter of fact, it was so memorable that we parodied it as the intro song, Faith Plus One. Faith Plus One has a two to nothing lead. You know what? Let's hear from Mike. (laughs) I love both of these, uh, just for the sheer hilarity factor. Uh, in terms of their episodes, I think the hardest laugh between the two is when, token suddenly discovers much to his chagrin that he can play bass like that will never stop cracking me up that's enough that's in the faithful sweat episode like because, lisa from like, saved by the bell it, the carbon <laughs> yeah anyway it, it's just hilarious um but honestly if if i'm talking about the the two bands and their music it's i i'm a little embarrassed to admit this perhaps but 
every now and then I will catch myself just spontaneously singing, I'm gonna finger bang bang you into my life. Like that to me, it's I'm not even I'm not I don't like boy bands at all, but that to me is just so catchy that it just and it just cracks me up. Especially when Randy joins the band at the end. Oh gosh, it's so good. Um <laughs> We're talking, you know, we talked in the last episode a lot about which one do you want to see in concert? I don't want to see either of these concerts, bands in concert, because neither of them are my cup of tea. But um, uh, but I'm not upset with either of them moving on because both of them, I think, do a pretty good job of parodying the thing that they're trying to make fun of. I'm going to give my vote to Finger Bang just to uh, keep it alive and keep the party rolling. Now, everyone knows a good Finger Bang will keep the party rolling. We're moving <laughs> along. Next pick goes to Jeff. So I guess in the battle of which South Park band is going to get absolutely rolled by the Blues Brothers in the next round, uh, it's it's difficult. Yeah, because uh, as Mike said, both of these episodes are hilarious. But I think uh, the Faith Plus One episode made me laugh a little bit harder. Uh as someone who uh, appreciates at least some Christian rock, which is a little bit odd because I'm Jewish, uh, I, I get where that that episode is coming from a little bit more than the boy band episode, where I always kind of looked askance at that genre a little bit more, I suppose. But um, yeah, let's uh, let's move Faith Plus One along and. Uh, have it uh, get destroyed by people on an actual mission from God next round. <laughs> <laughs> well played. Well, going last but not least, Jason, give me your opinion. Yeah, how could I top that? That, like Jeff said, right? Faith plus one plus plus the Blues Brothers. Let's do it. Battle Royale. Now, Faith plus one picks up its fourth vote. It is moving on, and so are we, Joel. You're up next, and you're choosing between the five seed, Alvin and the Chipmunks, or the 12 seed from the TV show The Simpsons, the B-Sharps. Obviously, Alvin and the Chipmunks is way more popular. I mean, you know, they they have that one ear-scratching, stab-me-with-a-nice-pick, straight-through-the-head hit every Christmas that comes on the radio that, oh my gosh, I can't listen to them for more than one song. I mean, I I get the the whole high-pitched octave-up voice thing and stuff, but man, it's just annoying to me. On the other hand, even though they're seated lower, the B-sharps, I gotta give them credit because the voice actors actually recorded themselves in their character voices to do that, and that takes a lot of talent to me, so... I would love to see the B-Sharps in concert. I'm going to go for them. The B-Sharps pick up their first vote. The next vote is going to Mike. See, if this were the Chipettes, that might be a different story. I mean, if you, it's probably been a hot minute Why? since any of us have seen the, uh, the Chipmunk Adventure movie, but they literally sing a song called Getting Lucky to seduce a bunch of snakes while wearing harem outfits the 80s were a weird wild time but alvin and the chipmunks they're basically a glorified cover band with a recording studio that's filled with helium no thank you i, I mean i get it they're iconic but they are annoying but let me tell you every time i see a baby on board bumper sticker 
my brain immediately goes something, something, Burt Ward, because the B sharps are fantastic. <laughs> Look, I get it. Barbershop ain't been popular since aught six, Dagnabbit, but the B sharps deserves to be a 12 5 upset here. Give him my vote. The 12 seed's got a two to nothing lead. Next pick goes to Jeff. Yeah, man, let's do this uh, 12-5 upset thing. The the only context in which I can listen to Alvin and the Chipmunks is the first 30 seconds of Almost Famous, the uh, in, in which they're used largely as a gag. I list, try, attempted to listen to more of their stuff as as uh, a uh, as preparation here. I listened to their cover of Ico Ico, which I believe will get them completely thrown out of New Orleans, possibly drowned in Lake Pontchartrain. <laughs> I'm not sure that it, there has been any worse crime committed against the traditional music of New Orleans since Katrina so yeah let's get rid of Alvin and the Chipmunks and move the B-Sharps along we can talk a little bit more about them next round well the opinions of Jeff do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Boozy Bracketology podcast we are (laughs) moving along next pick goes to Jason that's a tough act to follow I I'm looking at this. I mean, it doesn't matter at this point, but I just wanted to say it. it this one was a weird one. Alvin and the Chipmunks, I, I almost consider a real band. I don't know, right? They all voice themselves. They all have albums. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, they have they have a Christmas album for sure, right? I'd have to go back and look, but I, I think it almost kind of transcends the whole fake band thing. But regardless, B-Sharps, they're moving forward. They're... Uh, it's very talented that they could do it in their voices, like uh, someone said earlier. I forget who. I'm sorry. But, uh, yeah, we'll see you later, B-Sharps. And the B-Sharps have yet another vote. We're ending it with Steven. Yeah, I think we got this one right. Uh, that one, the Chipmunks, uh, they're mostly just a cover band. Their only actual original song is Witch Doctor and that one Christmas song. Um, they do have that really sort of kind of upbeat uh, boys and girls of rock and roll song from the Chipmunks movie that I like a lot, but that's not original to them either. That was from some stupid beach musical and nobody remembers. Um, so, yeah, they don't really add much to music, except they get annoying if you listen to them too long. Um, and plenty of bands already get annoying if you listen to them too long. So I'm going to go with the B-Sharps. The B-Sharps have swept their way to the round of 32, and we are moving along. We're starting this next one with Mike. Mike, you have the tough choice. The four seed, figuring Deanne and the modal nodes from the Star Wars universe, or the 13th seed from the movie of the same name, Ricky and the Flash. Kick us off. You know, you may never find a more wretched hive of scum and villainy than Moss Eisley, but they have possibly the greatest house band ever. Like... The mo- the modal nodes, they're fantastic. They have such a unique sound and look that they're impossible to forget. And I guarantee that you have that little tune that they play stuck in your head pretty easily just by thinking about them. Like, they were so popular for their brief appearance that they've popped up consistently in other Star Wars media over the next 40 years. I, 
I'm biased. I'm a bit, you know, I'm a big Star Wars fan. It's a, it's a bit unfair to Ricky and the Flash. I think they clearly have the deeper discography in in the context of their movie, but to be honest, I just kind of found them a bit derivative and forgettable. Uh if you want to talk about which one I'd rather see in concert, I think seeing Figure and Dan in the modal nodes would be amazing. So I'm going to give them my vote. That is one vote for the four seed. Next pick goes to Jeff. Yeah, I'm going to be the contrarian asshole here. Uh, okay, the Cantina song. It's cool. You hear like, what, 30 notes of it while Alec Guinness and Mark Hamill are making their way through a crowded bar and somehow this gets blown into... Oh my god, they're, they're the house band in the Cantina. It's It's incredible. Yeah, you hear 30 notes of them in the first movie. Great, awesome, wonderful, cool. I'm glad you have something. Meanwhile, Ricky and the Flash are that movie. Uh, <laughs> the, the, the movie is named after them for a freaking reason. One, they're fronted by Meryl Streep. And two, they're not all that bad. They're... They're passable, and they're way more integral to their movie than Figrin, Figrin, Figo, Fissum, Mucka, Mucka, Mucka are. Uh, Star Wars would be the same movie, whether or not the Cantina band was called Figrin, Dan, and the Modal Nodes, or the Blue Boogers of Tatooine, or whatever. It doesn't freaking matter for the movie. Uh, Ricky and the Flash matters for their movie, and so I'm going to give my vote to them. Ricky and the Flash has tied this up one-to-one. The next pick goes to Jason. Ooh. I disagree. So, sure, the Cantina Band, Modal Nodes, they may have been a one-hit wonder, but have you guys seen Eurovision? story of fire saga everyone always asks for yaya ding dong right the poor guys they have this you know great great track that they could lay out and no one wants to hear it they always want to hear yaya ding dong that's how i feel modal nodes is being treated the poor guy probably has a whole lineup you know the whole band has a whole lineup of tracks they want to lay out but everyone always yells cantina song or whatever it's called uh, but it's catchy. Everyone loves it. Uh, Ricky and the Flash. I wasn't sold on it. Meryl Streep um, didn't do it for me in this one, and she's fantastic. Uh, that one was a tough one to slog through for me. So I'm just going to stick with Star Wars because I'm a nerd. Star Wars has picked up a vote. Let's see here. I believe that brings us to Steven. So I am a huge Star Wars fan. I have seen all the films many, many times. I've even seen the god-awful Rise of Skywalker twice. Um, never getting that time back. I'm Dear God, that on my why? Deathbed. Twice? Uh, oh my Ugh. God, it was... Well, because at some point you have to think to yourself, clearly I had some drug-laced nightmare. And that's what actually happened there, because there's no real... No way anyone could write that and turn it into a script without committing Harry Carey immediately afterwards. So, you know. But here's the thing. As has been said, the modal nodes are everywhere throughout Star Wars media. You can find them 
everywhere. And I've seen them everywhere because I consume a lot of Star Wars media. And yeah, it's always those 30 fucking notes. Every time. You can shoot a man in front of him. What's their reaction going to be? Same 30 fucking notes. <laughs> I'm pretty sure those are the only notes they have. For, conceivably, because we know nothing else about their species, uh, you know, those could be the only notes they're capable of producing. You know, that's not a that's not like a big concert place. That's some dive bar where they don't even allow droids in, which makes no sense because droids don't drink. You're not consuming anything. Why wouldn't you want them in there? They just clean things up for you and translate. What, what, why don't you want fucking droids? What's wrong with you? Nobody else hates droids in that universe. What, did a droid drop a piano on his father? I digress. <laughs> the fact is, is that at this point, I have seen so much Star Wars media and heard those same 30 fucking notes over and over that... I can't do it again. I mean, I wouldn't, I'd rather listen to it than watch The Rise of Skywalker again, but other than that, I can't think of anything on the planet, or any other planet for that matter, that I would rather do less. So I'm going to go with a tepid Ricky and the Flash, and I can spend next round talking about how much that woman, despite her many Academy Award nominations, cannot fucking sing a note, stop putting her in goddamn musicals. Ha <laughs> ha! Not a Mamma Mia fan, I see. Well, color me shocked. Did oh, not God, see Mama that Mia. coming. Oh my God, I just remembered. I just remembered Pierce Brosnan singing, and now I remember something worse. <laughs> oh, I'm so right sorry, Steven. <laughs> Why? Sorry. Why? I'm this so is a sorry. dramatic bit. This, I'm going to time out. Time out. <laughs> Chris, rate us in for the love of God. All right. So we have got a two to two <laughs> ball game here. It is time for a buzzer beater before we let Joel make the final pick. Everyone but Steven has their buzzer beater remaining. Anybody want to try and sway Joel one way or another? Now is the time. Joel, it's all on you. All right. So this is the battle of the wrinkled foreheads for me because between Frigrin Dan and uh, Meryl Streep, there was a whole lot of Botox that's needed. Uh, the modal nodes are, in my opinion, a diverse 20s jazz swing cantina band. They, uh, when you listen to their discoreography, uh, they've got several different songs to kind of emulate that style, which I think is unique to call back to that, uh, that from a galaxy far, far away. Um, and you've also got, you know, uh, there was a SNL skit for the Cantina Band that was done. There was a, a Family Guy appearance that the Cantina Band made. Uh, Conan O'Brien did a whole exclusive, like, behind the music for the Cantina Band faux documentary. I mean, they're a, they're a cultural icon with this. Uh, as a matter of fact, so much so that I can't get into the Cantina at Hollywood Studios because it's always booked up. Um, Ricky and the Flash, a decent cover band, but I, I'm with Steven. My God, she cannot sing for shit. I'm going to have to go with the modal nodes on this one. The modal nodes picked up a third point and they are moving on to the round of 32. And I remind Steven it will be okay. We are moving on to what I think could be an interesting choice here. We're going to start this one with Jeff. Jeff, you have got the sixth seed of the band Steel Dragon from the movie Rockstar. 
or the 11 seed from the television show Gilmore Girls, Hep Alien. Take us away. So let's see here. Steel Dragon is intentionally designed to be a top-level arena-filling band with popular, interesting music, and they're okay. I mean, they're 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 pretty good for the most part. Hep Alien is supposed to be a local mediocre cover band that plays bar mitzvahs. Okay. Steel Dragon is literally the center of the movie Rockstar is about that band and Mark Wahlberg's character becoming the lead singer of it. Hep Alien is kind of a fun little side plot of Gilmore Girls. Which means that I am voting entirely on emotion here when I vote for Hep Alien. I can't vote against them at all. I can't I cannot bring myself to vote against Hep Alien. Uh, because, look, Gilmore Girls is the best show of the George W. Bush era. Fans of the West Wing, Sopranos, The Wire, y'all can come fight me. Gilmore Girls is better than all of those put together. I would much rather sit down with uh, an episode of Gilmore Girls, listen to a little bit of Hep Alien, take myself away to Stars Hollow, than any of that other stuff so yeah g- g- give my vote to, to uh, Sebastian Bach and Hep Alien here for uh, for I'm sure this is going to be a 4-1 annihilation but I don't give a shit uh, Gilmore Girls for life man well, I'm certainly glad we did this bracket after we went to Kentucky together otherwise Jeff would have been leaving with a broken nose I'm not arguing your choice. I'm arguing the fact that you seem to think that Gilmore Girls is better than some of the other shows during that time period, but neither here nor there. I thought you were going to have to break his nose because your wife was about to run off with him for that praise of Gilmore Girls. (laughs) (laughs) It's a valid point. (laughs) It's a great show, Chris. No, it's it's not. It's a great show. No, it's not. It's got one likable character and literally that's it. We're moving along. That's one character more than the Sopranos. <laughs> We're moving along. One vote for Hep Alien. The next vote goes to Jason. To me. I think uh, the drinks are hitting hard if Sopranos <laughs> was just uh, put below the Gilmore Girls. I, I don't get it. I don't know what's happening right now. Who can I'm, root I'm in for the... the Sopranos? Who can root for anyone in that show? Oh, I'm in the Twilight Zone right now. Those are my people right there. Oh, all right, guys. All right. Uh, let, let me. Let, if anybody knows me, if you've been on, under the podcast with me, you've heard me. I don't like Mark Wahlberg. All right. So this one's going to pain me, though. It's going to pain me to say I'm voting for Steel Dragon. It's got Brian Vander, arc of the uh, verb pipe, right? He, he sang the final number for Mark Wahlberg's character. Uh, which I'm a pretty big fan of. And I, I think it's really cool that Rockstar is kind of loosely based off of Judas Priest story. So it's 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 correlates to that, which I think is really interesting to watch. Uh, the other one's the Gilmore Girls. Enough said. Steel Dragon. 
Steel Dragon picks up its first vote. Next pick is going to Steven. Okay, this is going to be kind of a weird one. Um, I have never yet seen an episode of the Gilmore Girls, and I will go to my grave never seeing an episode of the Gilmore Girls, because I've seen a preview for the series, and that was enough. That was more than I could handle right there. Um, that being said, Steel Dragon has a major problem, and that's because in-universe, I keep getting insisted that this is, like, one of the greatest bands to ever exist. That's, like, how it's booked. It should be, like, one that can sell out any arena, any time, short notice, whatever. And it's not that good. It's not a bad band, but it keeps getting built up and built up and built up, and it never lives up to the hype. Uh, Hep Alien despite the fact that his name clearly indicates that it should be a postmodern band, lives up to the hype because it has none. It at least plays songs that it knows everyone likes, and it plays them well. It doesn't do a real great job with the way it redoes it, but, you know, it's a cover band, and it's, 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 it's a good cover band, and at least I'm getting what I expect and instead of the big letdown that happens every time I hear a Steel Dragon song. So I'm actually going to vote for Hep Alien. Hep Alien picks up another vote, and we're moving the next pick here over to Joel. First off, all I got to say is Jeff must want to get a whack in the gagoosh if you're going to talk it like that, okay? Now, moving on to this. Uh, Hep Alien, Sebastian Bach, I got to give him props, but he carries the band. It's, it's He is the only redeeming factor of that entire band uh, in the five seconds of the clip that I heard, Sebastian starts singing, and then like the bass player comes in with just this screaming harmony. And I'm like, no, this this can't be happening right now. Um, Steel Dragon, I'm a little disappointed that Mark Wahlberg wasn't the one singing. I mean, come on, he's Marky Mark. He's got some sort of pipes, but uh, he has a awesome hairband voice. I, I think they did a pretty decent job of capturing that time and genre and stuff like that. I'm going to go with Steel Dragon. Steel Dragon has another vote. We have another two to two tie. And this time it's up to Mike to break it. Everyone but Steven has a buzzer beater remaining. Anyone want to use theirs to sway Mike one way or another? Sure, I'll use it, but because I don't necessarily care about any of the other bands for the rest of the round of 64, I'm just going to sit here and try to explain why the Gilmore Girls is so much better than the Sopranos, because you heathens obviously don't fucking understand anything about TV. Because it's supposed to have likable characters, and the Sopranos has none. No one. You're not rooting for the fucking mob, are you? Come on. You're rooting for Lorelai and Rory. You're rooting for Luke to have a success at his diner you're not really rooting for Lorelai's parents because fuck them but yeah okay uh I don't really give a shit one way or the other but I will say that Hep Alien is what it wants to be they're a local cover band having fun and playing shows for their friends and Enjoying life as musicians are supposed to do. Mike, you and I have experience in that. 
in that genre, in that area, in that uh, sort of playing music. That's what that gets back to to me. Steel Dragon is, is, is uh, they're, they're probably a, a band you'd rather listen to, but are they the band that's more interesting? Are they the band that you're you're really gonna give a shit about one way or another down ten years down the line? No, no, they're not. You're gonna care about what happens to the people in Have Alien though, because they're they're us, man. They're us. Oh, the buzzer beater has been thrown. Mike, lock in the final vote. Well, first, let it be said that uh, between Gilmore Girls and The Sopranos, I believe I've seen approximately two episodes. Uh, so I have, I have no dog in that particular fight. Uh, that was honestly a very good buzzer beater because this was not a matchup that I felt particularly strongly about one way or the other. Steel Dragon, I thought, was a... Fairly good approximation of an '80s hair metal band. I didn't, I, I, I didn't know that uh, it was Brian Vanderark that was doing Marky Mark's vocals. That's actually really cool. Uh, so, and I, I definitely uh, Verve Pipe was one of those bands that made a few rounds through my CD players back in the '90s. So that was really cool uh, to learn that. Uh, and I actually thought Stephen made a very good point, which is that the movie tries to tell you that they're a better band than the song support that they are at least in terms of popularity steel dragon has some has some pretty good shops like they record some pretty good songs and yeah i think jeff actually made a made a very good point during his buzzer beater overall it, you know if i'm going to put them on a playlist you know if i'm going to put either one of these on the playlist it might be them but honestly neither one of them are going to make a playlist you know what i like about hep alien they bring the fun. They bring the energy. They're a high school punk cover band. That's what they are. That's cool. Like, I'm fine with that. They're not trying to be anything more than that. They're just coming out, playing a few songs people are going to find entertaining in a unique way sometimes, you know. Nothing necessarily special, but it's fun. And I was on the fence on this one. I was leaning towards Steel Dragon, but I think uh, Jeff's buzzer beater and a little bit of what Steven said convinced me. I'm moving Hep Alien along. Hep Alien is moving along, and so are we. We have got the three seed from the movie Wayne's World, Crucial Taunt, taking on the 14 seed from the movie High Fidelity, at least one of their names was, Sonic Death Monkey. We are starting this pick off with Jason. Good choice. Good choice. I would have picked me too, but I'm biased. <laughs> you know, uh, all right. So this one, this one's tough. I, I love both of these, right? Okay. So I consider, and this is just me. No one correct me because I know I'm probably wrong. Sonic Death Monkey in my brain is the precursor to the Tenacious D. All right? I don't care that they don't cross streams. In my mind, they launched Tenacious D. They were the beginning. On the other hand, you have Tia Carrera singing Touch Me. Yes, please. <laughs> How do I choose between these two? Jen is asleep, and she is currently snoring next to me. So I am safe to say, while I had the, the freedom to do so, I want to touch Tia Carrera. Crucial taunt from Wayne's World. 
Crucial Taunt picks up a crucial first vote. The next pick here is going to Steven. Yeah, that was dead on. Uh, the biggest problem Sonic Death Monkey has is that every time I hear them or see them, I think, man, I could be listening to Tenacious D right now, which is the better, more polished version of this. It's more on target with what it's trying to do. And since I'm always going to think there's no reason for me to ever listen to Sonic Death Monkey because I can listen to Tenacious D, the clear choice here is Critical Taunt because it's its own thing and no one else has topped it or at least sprung out of that and made an exact copy that was better. Uh, so the three seed, Critical Taunt. A crucial Taunt. I don't know why I keep saying Critical. That was I don't either. Me. But I, Crucial Taunt picks up another vote. It's two to nothing. We're bringing the next pick here over to Joel. As much as I would agree with the comments that were said about Tia Carrera, there is a... Uh, I go back to the musicianship comment uh, that we talked about in the last bracket. And uh, and although Crucial Taunt uh, does have its moments there, um, Jack Black, to me, is, is just musically up there on another level. Uh, and so when I'm talking about who would I want to go see in a concert... I like the unexpected. I don't know what I'm going to get from Jack Black in there. Uh, so I'm going to go with Sonic Death Monkey or whatever they turn out to be, be it Tenacious D or another name. And with that, Sonic Death Monkey has picked up a vote. Next pick here is going to Mike. If I recall correctly, this is a little bit unfair because we never, well, Chris, you actually alluded to this. We never actually hear Sonic Death Monkey. By the time they perform, they've gone through several other names, including the Kathleen Turner Overdrive, before finally settling on Barry Jive and the Uptown Five. Now, their okay, performance my, of Let's Get It On is epic. They are soon to be certainly. known as but, Kathleen Turner Overdrive. <laughs> <laughs> I missed that. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I gotta be the pedant here. Come on. <laughs> Regardless, my point is, is that while their cover of Let's Get It On is pretty good, Crucial Taunt can wail. I, to be honest, I still consider their cover of Ballroom Blitz to be the definitive version, and to me that says something. And as a couple panelists b before me said, i much rather, like, just watch Tia Carrera perform Jack Black. Yeah, okay. If it was Tenacious D, that'd be one thing. Jack Black, you know, is a phenomenal performer, but I, yeah, I'm definitely giving my vote to Crucial Taunt here. No Sonic Death Monkey. Denied! <laughs> Crucial Taunt is moving on to the round of 32. Jeff, you get the last pick here. Are we right? Wait, I, I thought it was two to two. But either way. No, it's that was mine was the third vote. Yeah, it's three Here's to one. Third vote. Okay, it's three to one. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think y'all got this right. We'll we'll have a chance to to vote for Jack Black uh, in a couple of episodes here. Uh, School of Rock shows up on uh, on a bracket against uh, what, a, in my opinion, is a fairly weak number one seed. Uh, so, wait, really? Hang on. I'm looking no, at the bracket. School of Rock is know. not a 16 seed. I promise you that. Yeah, for sure. I thought it was an eight, but never mind. Uh, That's oh, a Nirvana yeah, no, it's album. A, it's a six. Okay, or it's a three. Okay, so the it we'll get a chance to move move Jack Black along. Uh, the correct answer here was Crucial Taunt because 
as good as Jack Black is at seeing Let's Get It On, it's not necessarily that crucial of a part of High Fidelity, whereas Tia Carrera and her band are a large part of the plot of Wayne's World. So, and they're just more fun to listen to and have a deeper discography. So let's, let's move Crucial Taunt along. I, I, I like, I like that idea. Well, Crucial Taunt is moving along to the round of 32 and we are down to our last two picks of the evening. The seven, 10 seeds are up next. The seven seeds, the, okay. I, Steven, you're the Harry Potter fan here. Is it the Weird Sisters or the Wired Sisters? It's the Weird Sisters, unless you're living in 16th century England. Okay, and I'm not. So it's the Weird Sisters from Harry Potter, the 7th seed, the 10th seed of Autobahn from the Big Lebowski. And Steven, we're actually going to start with you. I am so happy to be going first on this one, because... For a long time, I thought this was an easy pick, and then I had an aha moment, which completely switched my mind. Uh, so I was originally going to go with the Weird Sisters, because the Autobahn, you never actually hear them play. You don't know what their music is. Uh, you assume that it's some crappy European thing. But then I realized something when I was reviewing this. Autobahn are nihilists. They believe in nothing. And what is the musical equivalent of nihilism? No music whatsoever. It is the imperfect encapsulation of their beliefs that we don't hear a single note from Autobahn. It is perfect. It is on point. And you know what? The concert, no matter how bad it is, it's going to be one you remember and talk about for the rest of your lives. So for being the most on-theme band in the history of bands, I vote for Autobahn. Autobahn picks up its first vote. Oh, my Lord. Jason, no. Joel, you're up. I love the song that the Weird Sisters do. Uh, It it definitely has a good groove to it. It has a little bit of those ACDC vibes with the bagpipes in there, too, taking the solo as well. Uh, But... Uh, I could not find a song for the Autobahn. And as I started looking into it, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. They don't play in here. And so it's kind of tough to judge based off of that. However, when I started looking closely at the album cover and the photos on there, I realized that Flea is on bass. And if Flea is on bass, they must be good. So I'm going to vote for Autobahn as well. Audubon picks up a second vote. A band without a song is one vote away from moving on to the round of 32. We're bringing the next pick here over to, to Mike. Both Steven and Joel make excellent points with regards to Audubon. As you said, the band without a song. Here's my counterpoint. Yeah. Uh, Steven makes a good point about them being, you know, on brand. Joel makes a good point about, yeah, they have Flea on bass. You know what the Weird Sisters have? They have Johnny Greenwood from Radiohead on guitar. They have Jarvis freaking Cocker from Pulp singing. It's amazing. The song is whatever. All right, but like just, just to unite those legends of the British alternative rock in in that one scene, like to me, that's incredible. 
I'd love to see what else they have to offer. The Weird Sisters, to me, 100%. The Weird Sisters have a vote. Next pick goes to Jeff. Yeah, as entertaining as I found Steven's rationalization there, and as much as I agree with the fact that flea on base is never a bad thing. I have to basically say that, yeah, Mike is correct here. The pulp Radiohead mashup of Britpop awesomeness that is the Weird Sisters has to get my vote over whatever Euro techno trash bullshit that comes out of Autobahn because, you know, skew, screw Euro techno trash. I hate it. It's not my favorite <laughs> genre of music. Even if The Big Lebowski is an amazing movie. Yeah, I don't care. I'm still voting for The Weird Sisters here. <laughs> the Weird Sisters are tied it up two to two. Before we go to Jason, everyone but Jeff and Steven have their buzzer beaters remaining. Do Joel or Mike dare try and sway him one way or another? Well, Jason, I think they're leaving this decision in your hands. All right. That's uh, a lot of pressure. A lot of pressure. Shake it off, Jay. You can do this. Come on. We believe. (laughs) You guys, pump me up. Ready? Drum roll. (laughs) Nope, I don't want to wake up Jen. Hold on. Sorry. Uh, oh, I woke her up. Shit. That was your drum roll sound effect? Because I associate that sound <laughs> with something else. <laughs> well, Jen is okay. sleeping. Je- yeah, she, the slumber has been stopped. It's, it's interrupted. Oh, I'm in trouble, guys. All right, I'm going to get through this quick. You ready? After listening to some of these awful fake bands, the blessed silence of finding an Autobahn song online was was glorious. <laughs> I'm, I'm voting for the silence of Autobahn. <laughs> With that, Autobahn <laughs> is moving on to the round of 32. <laughs> no songs, no problem. Oh my God, that's amazing. We are down to the last pick. This is of what the happens episode. when you find a stranger in the Alps. <laughs> Oh my God. We believe in nothing, Mr. Lebowski. <laughs> nothing. Oh, for those of you that are interested, we'll be running on the Patreon feed here shortly a best Cohen Brothers bracket. But I have a feeling three of our panelists from tonight will be participating in, but we're not here to talk about that. We're moving on to the last pick of the night. The number two seed is from the recent the most recent iteration of the film A Star is Born. It is Jackson, Maine, and Allie. Or are you going with the 15 seed gem and the holograms? Joel, kick us off. Oh, boy. All right. Um, first off, Star is Born. Um, it, my wife incessantly uh, wanted me to continue to play the sappy romantic love songs from that movie and uh and woo her with my uh with my singing and and uh uh musings that i would do with that but uh i wasn't a big fan of those songs i mean they're they're 
okay songs for the movie and stuff, but not something that I would like to go see. Uh, I think Jackson Maine is better without Allie. Uh, and the very first song in the movie, the opening scene, Black Eyes, is just a rocking song that I loved. Uh, and I think without that one song, I probably would not have liked the band as much uh, as I did. But to know that they can pull that out as well, uh, I became a fan. Gem and the Holograms was a shitty band, and uh, the reboot was even more shit. So uh, I'm going to go with Jackson Maine. Jackson Maine and Allie pick up their first vote. The next vote here goes to Mike. Poor Gem and the Holograms. In the late 80s, that that gave my sister something to watch right after I was done with G.I. Joe. But, you know, come on. I'm pretty sure... You know, I know, I know we're talking about fictional bands here, but I think Jackson, Maine, and Alley probably have a pretty good hold on the most successful song in real life out of everybody in this bracket. Shallow won all of the awards. I, I mean, it, it was just insane. It was everywhere. Uh, I actually am cl- inclined to agree with Joel. I think Jackson, Maine was better off without Alley. Like, they, you know... But it doesn't change the fact that she could friggin' sing. Obviously, she was Lady Gaga. Now, this this is definitely uh, Jackson and Maine and Allie here. Uh, they got Jem might have a deeper discography. I don't know, but just with Shallow alone, Jackson and Maine and Allie have the juggernaut. Jackson, Maine, and Allie have picked up another vote. Jeff, you're up. Yeah, I don't know why it always surprises me when I hear Lady Gaga actually attempt to sing and fucking nail it. Because I'm not a huge fan of her pop stuff, I guess. You know, okay, there's, you know, what Bad Romance and Poker Face and I don't know, name a Lady Gaga song here, but... She never really explores the edges of her voice and the limitations the of, of her voice the way she does when she's in other contexts, like that album she recorded with Tony Bennett. That was fucking beautiful. Uh, the uh, and the music for A Star Is Born is an example of that, where. You're like, oh, it's some random pop star. They got to fill out this fucking role because, oh, she's popular. And holy shit, she can sing? Jesus Christ, that's amazing. Uh, so, yeah, I guess give it to the uh, the unexpectedly great voice of Lady Gaga and maybe, you know, maybe some of her other pop stuff is more obviously great vocals than the things I've listened to. I don't care. Uh, also, uh, I guess Bradley Cooper can sing. Huh? Okay. Whatever. Uh, yeah. Let's move Jackson Maine along because, okay, sure. Jackson Maine and Allie have yet another vote. Let's see how far this can go. Jason, you're up. So, I actually, I, I didn't see this movie, 
All right. Um, Star is Born. So did he actually sing in this one? Does anybody know? Did he really? Yes. Yeah, a, that was his real I voice. I think it was actually Bradley Cooper, yeah. No shit. All right, yeah. And that that solidifies my choice even more so. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I hit up YouTube when I was listening to the, some of the songs, and I, I really have to listen to some more because, yeah, it was fantastic. Um, very, very impressed. I, I'm looking forward to seeing more of it. Um, I did love Gem and the Holograms back in the 80s. Uh, it's a little guilty pleasure of mine, I guess. It's not a shame to admit it. It was pretty cool. I mean, it was just, it was the 80s. Don't judge me. Uh, but yeah, Jackson, Maine, it rocked. All right. And we've got one last vote. Let's see if we have a sweep. Steven, take us home. Yeah, this is a pretty easy sweep here. So I'm going to use my minute to uh, expound some random thoughts that are related to the topic. Uh, first of all, how popular was Shallow? I've heard the Bare Naked Ladies sing it in concert live. Um, so <laughs> that was huge. Uh, Gem and the Holograms, when they made that movie, they, like, uh, as part of the promotional material, asked people to record messages of how much they liked the original Gem and the Holograms cartoon. And then in the movie, they used those videos to say, like, those were fans of the Gem and the Holograms from that shitty movie. That leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Uh, last one, uh, if you ever get a pet raccoon... The perfect name for it would be Bradley Coonfer. That is all, and I am voting for uh, Jackson Main and Alley, A Star is Born. <laughs> and the fact that Bradley Cooper has actually played a raccoon in the movie. <laughs> That's I a great point. That comment. Beautiful. That, that was brilliant on so many levels. Yep. And with that, Jackson Main and Alley are moving on to the round of 32. And that brings us to the end of the episode. So listen, uh, just to kind of recap here, the round of 32 from this quadrant of the bracket is going to feature the Blues Brothers taking on Faith Plus One, the B-Sharps taking on the band from Star Wars. I'm not going to try and pronounce it. I'm sorry. I'm tired. Hep Alien against Crucial Taunt. Audubon versus Jackson Maine and Alley. That is going to be a hell of a matchup. You don't want to miss it. But before we get to that, we got two more quadrants in this bracket to get through. If you're enjoying the Boozy Bracketology podcast, a couple things you can do. One, patreon.com slash PTEBB is your exclusive home for all the bonus content for not only Boozy Bracketology, but our sister podcast, The Pub Trivia Experience. Bonus brackets, bonus trivia dropping throughout the month. Come find us there. Uh, do me a favor. If you're enjoying the show, five-star rating, write us a review. That would be absolutely awesome. Actually, a lot of you have already done that, and that's great. We really do appreciate it. Uh, maybe the next week or next episode or two, we'll actually read some of those. That could be fun. Find us on Facebook, The Lounge, fans of Pub Trivia Experience and Boozy Bracketology. Twitter at Boozy Brackets. Instagram is Boozy Bracketology. For the Boozy Bracketology podcast, I have been Chris. I'm Jason. I'm Steven. I'm Joel Gagoosh. <laughs> I'm Mike. I am and have been and continue to be, Jeff. We will see you all with the next episode. Have a good one.